Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. Tonight, church, I'm really excited. We're going to dive into a character in the Bible, in the Old Testament, and uh, we're going to look at the book of Jeremiah. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that it's the book of Jeremiah. It's the book of Jeremiah. Is the book of Jeremiah. So in Jeremiah, I want to give some context just to what's happening in this story. And, um, and can I say, Jeremiah is an awesome movie. Like we see like there's so many chapters in the book of Jeremiah because this guy made a difference, man. Like he impacted his world for God. And uh, we're going to look at chapter 20, but I want to give you a little bit of context before we read the passage that we're going to focus this message on. Um, so uh, Jeremiah is a prophet. Uh, but before this, sorry, he's an Israelite. And uh, he lived in a time, uh, the time of King Josiah. Now, if you know much about King Josiah, he was one who brought reformation basically to, to the nation of Israel, tearing down the high places where there were false gods and false idols in the high places that they used to worship, the Asterisks and the Baals and things other than the Creator God. Um, and basically, so he was actually in this realm. Um, so it gives a little bit of context that he's actually a part of King Josiah. He, he was in there in the midst of that as well. Um, so... Uh, Jeremiah is a prophet, and he gets a word from God. That's basically what a prophet is. You know what I mean? You get a word from God, and in this time, like we can receive words from God because we all have the Holy Spirit living in us. If you're a believer, but um, it was basically by a prophet that Jesus would speak to people, or God the Father would speak to people, and um, we see um, God give a word to Jeremiah. And it's this beautiful picture. It's actually one of my favorite verses. We, we look at it in Jeremiah 18, and um, it's about it's a story, and, and it's a it's a word that he gives about the potter and his clay potter and his clay and God explains this imagery to Jeremiah he says um, to him that in the same way that a potter has clay in the same way that he molds it in the same way that he shapes it in the same way that the potter will use that clay for his glory and to make an amazing vessel out of it that God actually has Israel in his hands and how encouraging that God always has him uh, us in his hands God always has his people in his hands and, and it was a message of love and it was a message of restoration. It was a message of recreation and a message of restoration that God was giving Jeremiah through this imagery of a potter and his clay. But the thing is, if the nation of Israel disobeyed, sorry, if, if they obeyed and, and were under the hand of God and wanted the hand of God, then he would come and heal their land. And like, come on, we want God to heal our land. I know about that, that he'd be in our hands. But the thing is, if, if they didn't and if they didn't come under surrender and submission under Christ and under God, then it's not that God would punish them, but God would be absent from them. And I, I want to note this tonight, that not always because bad things happen means that God is bringing judgment or punishment on you. It's the fact that He's absent from your life and you're not close to Him that sometimes the destruction and sin of the world can attack you. If you don't have God close to you, it's not the fact that He's punishing you. It's the fact that you might be far away from Him and you need to just come in close proximity to Christ again and He can come into your life and move on your heart and touch you again. So he says this, he says, hey, if you obey me, I'm going to heal your land. But if you don't, I will be absent from you. I'm sorry. I'm not going to look at the things that you were doing and I will stay away from you. He says he will relent or stop doing anything good in Israel. So uh, classic Israel, and I say this in hindsight, I say this from my West knowing the Bible kind of framework that Israel once again disobeys God. And, um, and if you look throughout the Bible, they do this many times. And 
and they say basically, God, we don't need you. We're keen to kill. Uh, we're keen to, you know what I mean, kill each other. We're keen to murder and, and rape and pillage and do all these absolutely uh, wicked and, and evil acts. And God says, all right, well, sorry, I can't be there. And he says to Jeremiah and gives him another word saying, hey, I need you to preach this to the people because I'm absent. I'm not going to be where they are. And there's going to be evil things that are going to happen and they're going to progress and it's going to be destructive. And you need to preach this word for me. And he's like, thank God that we don't have this message to preach where you don't need to go to Kalana and be like, the world's going to get destroyed. All right, everyone. Like we don't have that message. Praise God. I don't have to say that message, but God has given us a living hope message that is all about living and not destruction. Praise God. So basically this is where we're up to. And um, now there's a man by the name of Pasha. Someone say Pasha. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Maybe not. Really sorry if it's not. Um, but he was a chief governor and uh, governor. Um, and uh, and uh, he was a priest's son. And uh, so basically, he has basically church and state on his side. Um, and he has power and authority. And we see in verse 2 of 20, just before the verse, sorry, this is the context of getting to the verse we're about to. It's going to make sense. Um, and uh, before this, Pastor actually comes to Jeremiah and he actually tortures him. He puts him in prison and he tortures him. And he says, you will not speak of this word again. You have brought destruction and you're preaching something that is against Israel. And obviously it wasn't against Israel. Israel was against God. And uh, he was bringing this word. And, um, and uh, basically, Jeremiah has a moment with God. He basically like cries out to God. And, and it's a little bit like a psalm. And, it, and it's so beautiful. And uh, this is the passage that we are going to read tonight. And it's in Jeremiah Chapter 20, verse 9. And it says this. It'll come up on the screen. Then I said, and this is Jeremiah talking to God. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Now you're probably like, Nick, this doesn't look like a good start to the living hope evangelism, kind of like reaching everyone series, all right? Sorry, it's going to get better. Don't worry. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. And I find it interesting that, our fears, circumstantial fears and, and fears against people can make us say things that are against the very heart of God. Our fears can actually oppose God's will, God's heart. But then he goes on to say, and this is my favorite part because this is something that I live by and this is something that I believe that the church needs more than ever because it says this in the same verse, but his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, I was weary of holding him back, and I could not. His word was like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding about. It was so powerful. The spirit, the gospel message, what he's done for my life, the spirit living in me. I didn't want to preach about him anymore. I didn't want to say anything about Jesus anymore. But the spirit of God living inside of me, it has to get out, and it can't not get out. It needs to get out. And we can see this striking resemblance between Jeremiah and Jesus in the garden. As Jesus said, the body is weak, but the spirit is willing. But his word was in my heart. His message, his love, his kindness, his spirit was in my heart. Has there ever, has there ever been a time where you couldn't not do something? And uh, there's actually a few moments where I definitely have this. Now, uh, this comes very regularly for me, but... Uh, and I blame Coles and their way to tempt me with their ways of advertising. But, um, but they get me with their promotions of their sweet, delicious, chocolatey, Mars, double, ch uh, double, no, it's du du double finger bun, 
Twix bars. All right, now if you know anything about me, you know anything about Nick Bot, is that I love my Twix bars. And I'm telling you that Coles has strategically placed signs all around the store where I need to, I'm lusting if I'm not, I'm looking at those signs. Like it's almost getting close to sin, guys, where I'm like, no, Lord, no, Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, shall not want, no. But like they have strategically placed them around where they sell them for a dollar. Oh, Lord, Lord, send help. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Because it's the only candy bar with the cookie crunch. Can't stand you. Sorry, that's a Seinfeld reference for those who don't know. George Costanza, gotta love him. It's the only candy bar with the cookie crunch. But when they have multiple dollar Twix bar signs everywhere, it's something that I can't not do. I believe it's in my divine nature as a Christian to chuck one of these delicious, creamy, Dollar Twix bars in that plastic bag. Actually, we don't have plastic bags anymore. <laughs> Moment of silence. Save the world. <laughs> but also, there's something else that I can't not do. So I'm a, I'm a muser. I play, play a little bit of music and whatnot. And, and, and drumming is something that I, I started when I was 10. Sorry, not when I was 10. I was in grade 10. I was 15. And, um, and um, my teachers hated me. Absolutely hated me. I get like a beat in my head, and if you know a little bit about me, I'm extroverted as well, and I'll tap my, tap my heart away. Sorry, CLC trainers in 2014 as well. Apologies. Sneaky plug. Do CLC. Um, but um, I, w- I would tap away and just... Um, and, and I'm tapping away on the decks. I use the pens, and I'm like getting like the hardcore beats, like like anything it is with the pens, with the pencils, whatever it was. And um, it's just when I get I get a beat in my head or I hear a song, like I, it's just something that I can't not do. And honestly, some of the teachers got so mad at me that sent me out of the room just for tapping away. And it's like I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I can't not do it, Miss. Like seriously, like I've got something here, demon spirit, get out of me. Um, but. That's no, not a demon spirit, but there's some things that we can't, there's just, you just can't not do them. And um, I want to ask you the question, what are the can't nots in your life? What are the can't nots in your life? And are they important or that are they second best like a Twix bar? Which should be first best. No, just kidding. But are they second best? Is one of your priorities the message of the hope of the gospel or is it second best? Because there should be fundamental Christ-following things that we have as number one in our life. And that should be the gospel that flows into all streams and avenues of our lives. Because at the end of the day, church, and I want to I talk real right now, but people are dying. People are dying in their sin. People are dying as slaves to, to brokenness, slaves to that addiction, slaves to just the mess of situation and life because they, they, they've escaped themselves from God. And, and we, actually have, we actually have an obligation and a command by God. And I believe that this is the next level of who God is calling us to be as a church. Not just a church who can do things, but a church that can't not do things. That a church that isn't just going to sit around when injustice is happening in our city. A church that will actually stand up for the brokenness in teenagers. Hey, it might not be like Jeremiah where, where and, and the wickedness that was happening in Israel is that they would actually sacrifice their sons before God. That's some messed up stuff. Hey, it might not look like that, but it might 
look like the teenage suicide rate going on in our city right now. It might be the businesses that do dodgy and fraudulent actions in your business. And we're here to bring the justice and the gospel and the reconciliation of God to those places. It's not about doing things. It's about not not doing things. We, we need to get passionate. We need to have this message burning on the inside of our hearts where it's like, no, 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 it's actually not, not an option. I need to do it. I have to do it. The message of the gospel is too important, too powerful, too great that someone needs to know about Jesus. So back to, back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah decided to speak because he was consumed by the message God had placed in his heart. How easy is it for the busyness of life to distract us from what's most important. Personally, I don't want to be busy in my life. I want to be fruitful. Busyness is not what God has called me to be. Fruitful with our lives in Christ Jesus is what God has called us all to be. So that's the power of the gospel. And, and whether spoken or not, the word is the ultimate authority and has power. It doesn't suddenly become more powerful because we spoke it. The, the gospel message has its power. So to be honest, I don't think when, our, when talking about our faith, when we're talking about our living, uh, living Hope series, we're going to get really practical right now. But when talking about our faith and living in our faith, I don't think the problem is with the content. I believe the problem is with the delivery. The problem isn't with the content of the gospel. Hey, the gospel can preach for itself all day, every day. But for a Christian... The problems with the delivery. How do we deliver the gospel? And I'm really excited because that's what we're going to talk about right now. How do we deliver the gospel? Now, Jesus didn't ever give us a formula to deliver the gospel, but he did give us an example. And firstly, and this is my first point tonight, that I believe that the gospel is always delivered in compassion. Compassion. And um, so my first point tonight is that I believe that the gospel is delivered in a package called compassion, number one. And um, to define compassion from, from its Latin, you know what I mean, getting to its original roots and whatnot, is, is, comes from the word compati, which is to, to feel pity. And, and the from, uh, and sorry, the word com means with or together. So, and, and sorry, and the other side of that is the patty also means to suffer. And as we look at the gospels, we see this, uh, we see this very language as well. The narrative of Jesus' death is actually called the passion of the Christ. The passion of Christ. Now, it wasn't that Jesus was like, man, I'm so stoked for that cross. That's going to be awesome. Like, I am so ready. You're ready for me to die? Like, in our sense, you know what I mean? Like, passion, that, that seems like passion. That's not what we're talking about here. But in that day, in that sense, and, and what we're talking about is compassion actually means to suffer. Passion actually means to suffer. And compassion is to actually unite and to actually identify with the pity and the sorrow of other people's suffering. That's what compassion means, to identify and to feel pity for the suffering of others. And looking at the cultural context of Israel at the time of Jeremiah, Israel was doing wicked things, like I said, to the point where they were killing their sons. They were doing messed up stuff. But Jeremiah had a cause. It was the injustice of his own people, that the Spirit of God within him rose up and decided he could not do something. This great compassion for people created a cause for Jeremiah. And let's go one step deeper. Like I was saying to you that we might not have people, uh, we might not have people 
um, sacrificing their sons and doing this kind of deal. But when you're a Christian and, and you haven't understood that even though someone's life who doesn't know is Christ, it might look amazing. Like they might have the boat, they might have the money, they might have the finances, they might look like they all have it going on. Can I tell you that the spiritual state of that person is sin, which is death? And we can actually partake in that and actually understand that they are suffering right now. Hey, someone on the outside, they could be a CEO of a company and look like they're absolutely living the dream. They could have this and that, or, or, or they could be successful, or they could be an adventurer and they're, I don't know, camper vanning everywhere. And it looks like they're having an amazing life. But if they don't have Christ, they are lifeless. They are in sin. They are in death. So does that mean, what, what does this mean for us as Christians? That anyone who doesn't know Christ we can now have compassion for them because they are suffering. Because every person outside of Christ doesn't know life because life is only found in Jesus. You cannot find life outside of Jesus. It's not, it's not that it doesn't exist. It cannot exist. Jesus is the giver of life, as we were singing before. He's not only the giver of life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is life. So you actually can't have life without Jesus. So if, no, if someone doesn't have Jesus, they don't have life. They are, they are dead in their sin. So we can have compassion on anyone and everyone here that doesn't know Jesus. So friend, tonight, that means our delivery of this message needs to be saturated in compassion. Now, what does this mean? This is a lot of theological terms. This is a lot of uh, uh, head knowledge or whatnot. But what does this mean on the practical, Nick? Where does this actually relate to my life? Well, I'm going to tell you. That means when someone's limping at the shops, we don't walk past them like everyone else would. Because did you know that you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, and when God says, hey, you know what? That person's limping over there. Did you know I paid on the cross at Calvary for that sin and for that death and for that pain in that person? You are a Christian. We can have compassion with them and we can pray for them and see them healed. Hey, even if you don't see them healed, hey, we have compassion for that person because it's about the person. It's not about the miracle. It's about the person that God sees and that He wants them to come to know Him. And maybe that was the one seed that they needed to go, wow, someone cares about me. And I'm telling you, I've had testimony of that where I've got up to someone and it's like, why do you care? Because of Jesus. He did everything for me. Now I'm going to do whatever it takes for you because Jesus has called me to do that. It's not something that I can do. It's something that I can't not do. I can't not do it. We can't not do it as a church. The message of the gospel is not apathetic. It cannot be. It's passionate. It's compassionate. And, um, and I've said this before, and, and I, I personally believe Stockland Calandra has been one of my greatest points to speak to people. Um, I want to be real, that it's not, you know what I mean? You don't have to go like, God bless if you've gone to missions trip and done all that. That's amazing. Love you. Um, but I, I'm saying that God wants to win this coast as much as he wants to live in any African village. You know what I mean? Like in the same way, he loves them. He loves people here as well. And it doesn't take some crazy, extravagant thing to tell people about Jesus. And I'm telling you, Stockland Calandra has been such a blessing for me just to preach the gospel through the way that I speak and, and live my life. And it, it's just me doing groceries. Like I'm, I see a Twix bar, I sin, and then I pray for someone. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, and then I asked for repentance, and then the God works through me again. Just kidding. Um, but anyway, there was this one guy, and he was like full on, man. Like he was like full on limping like this. Tradie guy would have been about like 45, 50. So I'm picturing him, him as one of the disciples, probably Peter in the Bible. Like he's like rough fisherman tradie, like, and um, and uh, he's just limping his way, and he's like almost on the way to Coles to those delicious Twix bars. And um, and anyway, I'm just gonna keep sneaking them in there. Um, but. 
Anyway, he, he's got this full lamp on, limp on. He has no shoes on, which I found was strange. And he's got sand all over his legs. And I feel in this moment, <laughs> God always does it, eh? It's like, it's just like, hey, Nick, I want, you, I, want you to, I want you to speak to him. I'm like, come on, God. Couldn't it be like, I don't know, like a 15-year-old guy in my age break? In my life group, could he have been in my life group? <laughs> Couldn't it be, have been, yeah, one of the boys? <laughs> but, um. 45-year-old tradie guy. Anyway, he's like full limping, and I'm like, oh, come on. All right, you know what? No, I'll do this. I can't not. It's, uh, I, I had the temptations just as Jeremiah did to go, no, 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 I'm not going to make mention of his name again. I don't want to do that. And then some, man, <laughs> some just rose up in me. He's like, no, 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 you got to. I can't not do it. And, um, and I went over to this guy. I'm like, hey, hey, my name is Nick, uh, Nick and and." I know this is weird or whatever, but I just want to say, hey, wh- why are you lipping? Wh- what's going on there? And he's like, oh, um, yeah, like I was on the construction site and um, yeah, fully opens up to me. I was on the construction site and, and this happened and this happened there. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And I just I just had a compassion for this guy. Like God loves him, you know? Like I just had this compassion for him. Like, that sucks. Hey, like you don't have to be like, you know what I mean? God heals. Like we, we never hand a package. You'd be like, take it. Just just, just, just take Jesus. He's, he's good for you. He'd be like, nah, see you later, man. You know what I mean? Sometimes we, it's all about the delivery of the content. And, um, and anyway, I was just like, man, that sucks. Like, that's the worst. Anyway, and, and uh, I was like, hey, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I've actually seen some really cool things happen where he's uh, prayed for people at my church. I pray for people. Um, yeah, just different people. And I've seen them healed. And I was wondering, would you like prayer? Um, and he's like, like, I could see him like looking at me and me looking at him and him looking at me. And like, he was like his pride. Like he was like, and then he swallowed his pride. And he's like, you know what, man? It just hurts too much. Just, just do it. Just do it. And, and the story is, is that he was actually, he went to the beach because he was in actually excruciating pain that he didn't want to, have his feet on a hard surface that he went to the beach he like he, he canceled going to work that day just to walk on the beach because it was like an extreme and he wanted something that was flexible on his on his leg and he's like hey, just pray for it man just pray for it um anyway literally got down I'm like hey god i just pray right now jesus you just heal him just like let your love just enter this enter this leg right now and, and you paid for it on the cross in jesus name and um and i was down here like so i couldn't see the expression he was like he was um expression he was standing up and um and anyway, he just asked me this question. He's like, dude, you got something under your sleeve? And I'm like, nah, man, you got something under your sleeve? Um, and he's like, no, 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 like, are you a magician? And I'm like, nah, man, what's going on? <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 there's like, you sprayed something on me just then. There's like this epic feeling like going up and down like my leg right now. I'm like, nah, man, that's, G- that's the guy I was telling you about. Did you not listen? That's Jesus, and he was healing his leg in that moment. Come on, that's something to give glory to God for. And this is so funny. Just like, you're a magician? No, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm a Christian. I just said that. Um, but anyway, and, and in this moment, I'm like, how does it feel? And he's like, like, what was the pain before? He's like, dude, it was a 12 out of 10. I'm like, how does it feel now? He's like, dude, it's like a, it's like a 2 out of 10. It's like... So you always ask him, get that comparative yeah, ratio and whatnot. And, and that's how I do it anyway. Um, but anyway, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he, he's like, hey, man, I really got to go on something. I'm like, that's cool, man. Hey, I just want to let you, Jesus loves you, man. He's got a plan for your life. He loves you. He's like, wow. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, and, and, and I'm cool with that. I'm okay with that. I, I, I would have loved to let him right there in the sinner's prayer, done all that deal. But 
But I, I just want to encourage you and empower you to say that it, it's not the content. The content is there, but it's the delivery in which we do it. And in just asking, there's been so many, I could give you three other stories of me going up in fear and going, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. Then doing it and being like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, thank you so much for that. And I'm like, oh God. And where I was feeling so bad, like thinking that they were going to punch me or anything like that. Like the gospel is simple. When God speaks, we obey and He moves. He moves. It's more about what's in the box than it's about the box itself. If we are the package in which, and, and the vessel in which God wants to use us, then it's about what's inside that God wants to give to people. My first point tonight is that the gospel is delivered in a package called compassion. And secondly tonight, the gospel is delivered in a package called integrity. Integrity. And integrity, definition for this, and it's not on Webster's Dictionary, but it's kind of my version of it. But integrity is living what you speak. Integrity is living what you speak. And anywhere Jesus went, he didn't need to change who he was to impress or to try to gain the favor of the people. He went into the town as the same person he was in the town before him. He, he was integral. And, um, and, and he delivered the gospel, and it was the package of the gospel. And I, w- I wanted to use this analogy of, of a package because I believe that this is how we are to deliver the message, that it's something that's attainable, that when we're speaking to our friends and when we're speaking to um, our colleagues or maybe someone's prompted or God's prompted you to speak to your, you know what I mean, your best friend about God or, or anything in that way, it's, it's supposed to be something that's small and light. It, it's, it's not some massive box that they be like, oh, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And cry, oh, here, haven't done that. It's like when we come before people, we don't judge them on their sin and be like, you know what I mean? Well, you've got to do this, 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 and then you'll be good before God. No, no, no. The, the, the gospel is just a small package, but a powerful package that we can hand to people in compassion and integrity. And I believe the, the, the second best way that we can deliver the gospel is through integrity, that we're the same person we are because people don't live for, they don't see what you speak all the time, but they do see what you do. And if you're one person on a Sunday lifting your hands in, in praise and worship, amazing. That's so good, getting that encounter from God. But if, if we're different people on a Monday, there's something wrong there. If, if, if we're a presentable, attainable, lovely box on, on a Sunday where we think, oh yeah, God, tomorrow I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hand the gospel and deliver it in compassion. But then the next day it's, it's this massive box, rotten and, and broken, and it's got holes in the, and you're trying to give that to someone, they're going to be like, oh, that's not very nice. I don't don't want that. Is that what Jesus is about? Oh, no, I'm going to steer clear of that. But it's important for us to know how we deliver it. Is when you deliver the gospel, and I'm not just talking about the message of it. This is what I'm saying. It's the delivery of of doing it. Is it something that is attainable, relevant, and done with conviction? Because your words have most power when your actions follow. As Christ followers, we live with integrity. The same people we are at church is the same people we are at 10 p.m. on a Saturday or in the gym or in the work site. Compassion is what you speak, but integrity is who you are. If we come back to Jeremiah for a second, Jeremiah was a part of a movement of, be, of people in, in bringing the reformation of Israel. And I actually believe he's one of, one of the best disciples that is not mentioned in the Bible. Did you know he was a martyr? He died for his faith. He, he might have not lived in this time of Jesus, but man, he was persecuted so much. And never let the persecution of the enemy and the fear of the enemy and the fear of your friends or whatnot stop you from delivering the package every day. 
going, hey, God loves you. I've heard too many testimonies of people giving up just before I reckon the breakthrough was going to happen. Never give up, church. Never give up. And finally, sometimes we mystify these biblical characters as if, as if they were more godly than we are. You know what I mean? They're written in the Bible because they had this and they had this. And uh, they had more favor from God. They were more called by God. But the only reason why Jeremiah is recorded in, in the Bible is because he was obedient to the words God, God was giving him. And one final question. What has God been speaking to you lately? More importantly, who has God been speaking to you lately? Who are the people around your life? Who's the neighbor? Who's the business partner? Who's anyone in your family that doesn't know Jesus? Hey, we can start there. That's not hard. Maybe, hey, maybe you don't want to go out and pray. That's totally cool. I've only felt that on my heart, and I want to be obedient in what Christ is doing in my life. But you have things that God is speaking to you. It's not about having it all. It's just being about obedient to God. Two things. The gospel is delivered in a package called compassion and a package called integrity. And I think we can live in those things, church. I believe that when we do, we're going to see some crazy revival in our schools, in our unis, in our businesses, in our classrooms, in every sphere of society. I'm telling you, when the gospel is delivered the way it's supposed to be, man, God is going to move in.